I want to make just a few statements from the Word of God, lay some groundwork for the next life-changing story you're going to hear from a young lady that grew up in this church. Uh, When we have stories of life change, we either see where we used to be and we give praise to God for where He's brought us from, or perhaps you'll see where you are right now and where you can be by the grace of God. See, we're built different when we trust in God. When you put your trust in Jesus, the book of James chapter 1, it tells us about freedom that there is in the love of God, the law of God, the word of God, and that we walk blessed in that freedom. The word blessed is the word successful, the word like truly joyful. So this freedom has a result. In the Old Testament, there is a story of Naaman. Naaman, according to 2 Kings 5, was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master, and he was highly regarded. Now notice, the Lord had done great things through him and given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now there was a young lady living in their home, actually serving Naaman's wife, And she said, I know of a prophet of God. And if Naaman would go to him, then I believe God would heal him through Naaman's ministry. And so we see in verse 9, Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. So he's sending him to this river, and he's going to dip into this river seven times, and the word is he'll be cleansed. But notice Naaman, he went away angry. And he said, I thought that he would surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Often when we're needing freedom, we're needing change, we have our assumptions of how it will happen. And when it happens differently, it challenges the control we're trying to exert over the process of transformation. So he goes away angry. You know, we we just read, and he even offers, look at verse 12. He's like, if I've got to dip in a river, let me control this. Let me give you two options, Abana and Farfar the rivers of Damascus. Now, uh, any of us that have been on a journey of transformation, we just know nothing about somebody trying to control it, do we? My wife is sitting here going, my husband's actually preaching a sermon on control. (laughs) She's like, I hope he practices his preaching. I hope he does too. Because control is a real thing. It is real to this human experience. And like Naaman, we can want change, but if we don't relinquish control, then we may walk away. He says he turned and went off in a rage, but there were people around him that talked him down and talked him back into that experience. Aren't you thankful that God puts people around us that won't let us go, that won't quit reaching, that won't quit praying? 
And so Naaman, he went and dipped himself in the Jordan. This is verse 14, seven times, as the man of God told him. So we're looking at a process, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. If we want the transformation that's offered, if, we, if knowing that God is a God of deliverance, that's his desire, just know there's a decision you and I have to make, and it's this. Will we choose surrender over control? For any of these stories that you've heard today and that you will hear to be possible, there had to be surrender, full surrender. And I'm sure every one of these young ladies could talk about the times where it got really tough and they wanted to kind of control the process, but they had to keep relinquishing that control because control is just an illusion anyway. And we realize that if we're trying to control something, that's probably an indicator of what's controlling us. I heard Craig Rochelle say that what we try to control the most is where we trust God the least. That's good. I wish I'd have said that. But I can repeat it. And it's, it's, it's good. So I'm, I'm challenging us today to make a choice. Somebody in this room like Joanne, like Kelsey, who you will hear in a minute, like McKaylin, you could choose surrender, and then God will be faithful. God will be faithful if you will choose surrender over control. You know, here's a question. Would I rather have what I want or what God wants for me? And the answer is I want what God wants. Until I press it deeper and realize I often want what God wants for me if he wants for me what I want for me. And I can't repeat that. Too many wants and me's in there. And I want what God wants if he wants what I want, but I need him to orchestrate it in the way I assume that he will do it, or else like Naaman, I want to grab the control of the issue and walk away. This choice is to say, I'm not going to let control kill the corrective, transformative power of God that is available to work in my life. Control kills correction. Correction is key to strength, key to growth, key to progress. And if we don't let go of control, then that control kills the very transformation that God wants to work in our lives. I'm a huge sports fan, and any professional athlete, they literally pay people to correct them. They have more coaches. The greater they get, the more coaches they get. And they're asking for any little nuance of correction so that they can be better. You see, control kills improvement, progress, and transformation. Here's what David said in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. All-inclusive is the work of God when we are living under God's control. David was king when he wrote this. He had a palace. He had military might at his command. He had money. He had mighty men. He had more control, humanly speaking, than he had ever had in his life. And in that place, he wrote about how important it is to relinquish that control 
and follow the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, who is our shepherd. I want to tell you, Jesus would love to coach you. But before Jesus can be your life coach, he has to be your Lord. If you try to come to Jesus as just a life coach, you'll work on your behavior, but you will make him an accessory. He is the Lord. Give me a shout right there. He is the Lord. And if you'll let him be the Lord, he will work in your life. David said in Psalm 23 that with him as the Lord, he restores, leads, he comforts, he empowers, he protects, he nourishes us, and he is faithful to us. Matthew 10, 39 said, whoever finds their life will lose it. But whoever loses, and that word loses there is relinquish control. When you relinquish control, then you find your life. If we'll stay under what God has put over us, we can stay over what God is trying to put under us. How many of you know it is not God's plan that you be addicted, that you be overcome by sin, that strongholds get to set up in your thinking and defeat you? Those things by way of the cross and the resurrection are to be under our feet. Jesus made a show openly of the enemy and he made of Satan a footstool. Just kind of plant your feet on the floor for a second. Just plant them there. Uh, I often do this because Bob Goff said sometimes if we just plant our feet, it helps us to go, I'm fully present right now. Just be fully present, no distraction. Fully present. And then with your feet planted, just think any stronghold that is not God's best or God's plan, by the power of God, it can be under your feet. Stay surrendered under the authority of God, and you will stay over those things that would seek to destroy you. Hallelujah. I love golf, and I was golfing with my oldest son, Ryan, who's a great golfer, and I was spraying the ball all over the the course, and he said, you're gripping the club too tightly. And he said, so when you do, when you bring the club back, it's, it's messing up everything back here. And then it is keeping what needs to happen out here from ever happening. Now, let me testify about my golf game. It's not much better <laughs> because there's just so much to that. But, but when he said that to me, I'm like, isn't that a message? When we try to hold on, when we try to control it, we mess up every, you see, we can't turn the clock back. We can't change what happened yesterday, last year, 10 years ago. How many people sit in this place and your life, you, you can't embrace the future because you're, 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 you still grip so tightly what happened, what you did or what was done to you. And I'm not saying it wasn't painful and difficult and all of those things. Just saying, at this point, here's the action step. Release your grip. Surrender it to God. Paul said it like this, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press on. And it's something that's happening simultaneously. I'm letting go as I'm laying hold. 
And so I'm surrendering to God and I get set free from the past and I get delivered into my destiny. Come on. God activates a promise and activates his destiny for my life. The challenge is, will you choose? Will you choose? Put that screen back up for me. Will you choose surrender over control? Somebody in this room, you can just let it all go today. You can let everything go under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You don't have to manipulate any more. You don't have to try and control it any longer. Relinquish control. Choose surrender and get ready for the process of spiritual transformation in your life. And there is no better way for this message to be brought home to our hearts than from a story of transformation. This comes from a young lady that grew up in this church. She is the daughter of Pastor Devin and Tanya. She is an awesome young lady, and you're going to see what the power of God can do. But I want you to join me in giving the most amazing. Are you ready? We're going to give the greatest welcome ever in the history of introductions. This is Kelsey Rohr. Come on. You may be seated. Hello, church. Wow, there's a lot of you. Um, as Pastor Ron has said, I actually grew up in this church, and I am the proud daughter of Pastor Devin and Tundra, where my beautiful family is right up here supporting me. All of them. Stand up. Stand up. You guys are great. Stand up. All of you. Yep. Yep. Um, first, before I get started, I want to just thank this congregation. Many of you are familiar with my story, whether it is through a Teen Challenge post or through my mother or just that you have known me since I was six years old. Many of you are familiar with my story. And I just want to say thank you so much to this church, to this congregation, to Pastor Ron and uh, Pastor Kelly and to my family and to everybody that stood with them and stood strong with them and prayed for me. I just want to give a great shout out and big thank you to all of you for just standing with us through all of this. The, um, the power of prayer is just phenomenal. It really is. And I am a living testimony of that. I'm going to get myself settled here just a second because, you know, notes are necessary. There we go. Whew. So as I said, I grew up in this church. Um, I actually used to play my clarinet here on this stage uh, back when we had a, a big, you know, worship orchestra. Uh, I went to the youth group back when it was called Teen Impact. It was awesome. I went on missions trip. Many, many tears were shed right here on this altar. But I did not have my own relationship with God. I was just kind of going through the motions. And around the age of 15, I just allowed um, guilt to consume me. Guilt of sins that I have made in my past and just 
it was, I just let it control me. I let it consume me. I became agitated, angry, manipulative, secretive. I started, eventually started smoking, started drinking, partying, um, just experimenting with different drugs. I would immerse myself in other people, just anything that I could do to not feel the constant rage and turmoil that was going on inside of my spirit. Uh, in 2016, I decided to check myself into Freedom House Adult and Teen Challenge, which is in Shakota, Oklahoma. And I told everybody around me that I was doing it because I wanted to, because I wanted to get better, because I was tired of living the life I was in. Technically, yes, I was. But I also thought that if I looked like I was doing better, if I looked like I was trying to heal, then everybody would just be happy and they would climb off my back. That didn't work. About 11 months, 10 or 11 months into my program, I joined and I entered into a, a homosexual relationship with one of the interns that was working at Freedom House Teen Challenge. We kept that a secret for four months. Nobody knew. But the Bible says that what happens in the darkness will come to light, and that is exactly what happened. God was not about to let that happen in his house. We eventually got found out, and we were both dismissed from the program, and we ended up moving in together the night that we were dismissed from Freedom House, my partner started drinking very, very heavily and consistently drank for the next four years. I thought that I was happy. I thought this is what I wanted. I thought that this was going to be fine. But I knew in my spirit that I was hurting people. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I had hurt my family. I had hurt my friends. I had hurt the, the pastors and the staff members that had tried so, for so long while I was at Freedom House to help me. I couldn't handle the guilt, I couldn't handle the conviction, and so I turned it off. But when you shut out conviction of the Holy Spirit, you open a door for torment from the enemy. And that's what happened. I was lost in darkness. I was hopeless, I was helpless, and I believed a lie that I was doing all of this on my own. I believed a lie that the church had just cast me aside. I believed a lie that Teen Challenge had cast me aside, that my family had cast me aside, that my friends no longer wanted anything to do with me. I believed I was doing it on my own. My partner became increasingly abusive as the drinking continued, and eventually the excessive drinking landed her in a hospital on Christmas Eve 2022, and three weeks later she passed away. And I was consumed again with grief and guilt. I did not want to function anymore. I didn't want to breathe anymore. I was perfectly happy with no longer living life. In my darkest moment, I started to see just a glimpse of how hard God had been fighting for me how hard my family had been fighting for me. Again, I believed a lie that they forgot, that they were fine where I was at, that they were fine being away from me, and that could not be further than the truth. I met Miss Stephanie in Freedom House when I was there in 2016. She was a staff member there. And I remember sitting in the hospital, sitting on the couch, and most people, when you hear that someone has passed away, they will send, we're sorry for your loss, let us know if you need anything, you're in our prayers, things like that, which she said, but it was the next message that shocked me. She said, are you safe? And it just, it flabbergasted me. I was like, what do you mean, am I safe? Number one, I'm living in a hospital. Number two, why do you care? Why do you care? 
I have had nothing but the last four years to build up all kinds of anger and rage toward her and everybody else in Teen Challenge, which I did very strongly. And by human standards, she had every right to never think of me again, cast me aside, not worry about me. But she wasn't thinking as a human. She was thinking as a soldier of God, which is what she is. And how many of you know that the focus and purpose of a soldier is to protect and to make safe? And if I would have told her I wasn't safe, she would have made a way. Come hell or high water, that woman would have made a way to make me safe because she loved me. I didn't think she did. Over the next three weeks, I argued with myself whether or not I was going to go to Teen Challenge. I didn't want to go. Again, I was angry. I was filled with so much rage, and I was depressed, and I was full of grief, and she wasn't worried about all that. She wasn't worried about my baggage. She wasn't worried about the anger that I was coming with, and I came with a lot. She wasn't worried about the, the torment and the turmoil that I might be coming with. She just wanted me to be free. She wanted to see me free, and she continuously encouraged me, and finally I went in, unhappily, I might add. I went in obedient to God, but I was not happy about it. And just the process of fighting and fighting, and I remember the words that Miss Stephanie told me. She said, Kelsey, I'm not letting you quit. I'm not letting you get up, give up. I'm not letting you leave, and I'm going to fight for you until you can learn to fight for yourself, and ooh, she fought. She fought, my family fought, this congregation fought, my friends fought for me. And the freedom and the clarity that I have gained over the last almost two years now is baffling. I am free from homosexuality. I am free from self-harm. I am free from depression. I am free from grief. I am a new creature entirely. I have received the amazing gift of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and that is something I'm not about to let go of. And I remember the process of that happening. I was thinking to myself, Kelsey, you've done this so many times. How many times have you tried to get better? How many times have you tried to get well? And you just threw it away every time. This isn't going to stick. You can accept the Holy Spirit, but we all know you're going to lose it again. And I remember in the middle of that thinking, no, I'm allowed to have this, and I'm allowed to keep it. And in that moment, I said, Holy Spirit, I let you in. And that surrender that you keep talking about, something that you can't can't grow without. You got to let go of that. And through me completing Teen Challenge, I have actually had the opportunity to go down to Puerto Rico and help open a brand new Teen Challenge. And that's been an awesome trip. The freedom and the clarity that I have received through all of this is something no one will ever be able to take away from me. Nothing that I will ever give up, ever. And I want to say thank you, Miss Stephanie and Teen Challenge for never giving up on me. Thank you to this congregation and thank you to my family for never giving up on me. Girls, 
All of these people are praying for you. We're praying for you. The army of God is mighty. I actually have a song that I've prepared for you guys that just kind of ties everything together about the links that God goes through when he's not done with you. And aren't you just glad that he's not done with us? I know I am. So if you'll just give me just a second to settle in, I'll get that ready. to just throw all this on the floor. are not hidden There's never been a moment you were forgotten and you are not hopeless Though you've been broken your innocence stolen and I hear you whisper underneath your breath And I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true, I will rescue you. Cannot be covered over 
Come on, let's really show the Lord our gratitude for what he's done. Awesome. Awesome. Now, we're just standing in a story of miraculous grace today, and it doesn't get any better. Remain standing, everyone. Thank you, Kelsey. Henry Cloud wrote a book. It's called Necessary Endings. The premise is if you want to enter a new season, you have to exit from an old one. There has to be an ending for there to be a beginning. So our yes to a new beginning has to be preceded with a no from stuff that needs to end. Amen? Amen. So the prayer right now is that there would be an ending of control and a beginning of full surrender to Jesus. Her song is this, some of you are in the hardest fight of your life with your eyes closed. If you'd say, that's me, and I need a fresh start. I need, I need to bring this full surrender, no more manipulation. My life is not working, and I don't want to go through this one more day. I'm ready to experience what God has for me. If that is you, would you just raise your hand right now? Come on, that's it. Keep raising them. Say, I need. That's it. Just keep raising. This is awesome. Full surrender. This is the grace moment right now. This is the grace moment. You're in a hard fight. Come on. Full surrender. Full surrender. Anybody else? I'm going to ask you can put your hands down. I'm going to ask our team to start singing momentarily. And the moment they do, if you raise your hand, I want you to come. And as you step out of that seat, you're just saying, uh, no more trying to control this. I give it to God. And God, I'm ready to receive the full power of your grace and your help as I start this pathway of transformation. Are you ready? This is your day, a life-changing day. If you raise your hand, begin to come. And as you come, we're going to be clapping our hands because we know what it's like to come home to Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep coming. Come on. Come on. You need to be here.